This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. Do we sound a little bit better? Do we sound more bassier? We got a new mic, so our episodes will be sounding real fresh. Um, so welcome to episode 15 of the Farm Traveler podcast. This week's episode is with Anthony and Brian and Livewire Hops in Illinois. Anthony and Brian are going to talk to us about why they started their hop business, the exact process that hops play in making beer, an absolutely wonderful, incredible thing, and how the craft beer industry is in Illinois and across the U.S., and also some really cool hop facts. So it's a really cool conversation we're going to have. Um, and also, don't forget, this is episode 15, and we are doing our Yeti giveaway, and we're going to announce the winner in just a second. All you had to do was leave an iTunes written review and follow us on Instagram. And we have selected a winner, and a little video showing the behind the scenes on how we selected the winner is going to be on our Instagram page. So the winner of the 14-ounce Yeti tumbler that also includes a really cool Farm Traveler sticker is going to be Nanette Hoover. Nanette, congratulations and thank you for leaving a review. I will be sure to reach out to you and ask for your contact info so we can get that Yeti to you as soon as possible. So again, thank you everybody for leaving us a review. We've got 12 reviews on iTunes, which is really cool, or 12 as of you know July 2nd, which is today. So thank you so much. We can't wait to bring you a lot of really cool episodes, and we're going to have another contest in a few weeks. So pay attention to that, and we'll let you know. Um, so again, this is episode 15 with Anthony Brand of Livewire Hops. Hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Well, Anthony and Brian, welcome to the Farm Traveler podcast. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Very well. Thanks for having us, Trevor. Well, thank you for being here. So you guys are with Livewire Hops in the great state of Illinois. So kind of walk us through when you guys started that, why you started it, and what kind of kicked off that passion of, of growing hops. 
Well, Trevor, um, back in, it was August of 2016, um, there is a, a pretty epic annual farm party that uh, happens on uh, Brian's family's farm every summer um, that uh, bring, brings our families and uh, our uh, many of our friends together. And uh, I had, at that point in my life, kind of gotten into a little bit of home brewing and a little bit of craft beer and uh had done done a little bit of research and um i not coming from an ag background knew a guy uh my my cousin brian here who who did have an ag background and uh knew that um you know hops were uh something that contributed pretty heavily to uh the craft beer renaissance and um saw absolutely no reason why they couldn't be grown in Illinois if uh, you had the uh, the ambition to do so. Right. So I approached Brian on the idea, and I was all excited and ready to go, and I thought he was going to be all in on the idea uh, just by saying a few words, and his response was, what are hops? <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I had some, some selling to do. But the, uh, the selling point became very easy, uh, as we may have mentioned, when he said, well, hops make beer. And I said, oh, I'm in. I like it. Love <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good little pitch. Yeah. So uh, one thing led to another. You know, it, it could be said that uh, initially it was my idea, but uh, Brian ultimately was the one that, that took action. And uh, there's there's a little pasture ground uh, on his family's farm that hadn't been used uh, in, in recent years. It was used in the past for, I think, 4-H projects. And Correct. Uh, one time I think it had some horses on it and yep. some cattle and but everything that is now our, uh, our experimental hop yard. And we are, um, about an acre footprint and one acre of about 40 total in the entire state of Illinois. Uh, my wife and I went to Ireland, uh, I think last month. And we, of course, when you go to Ireland, you have to go to the Guinness factory in Dublin. And so of we course. did that and we went and saw like their whole process. And I didn't know that. Hops apparently only grow in very specific regions in the world. And I'm assuming, of course, like Illinois is in that region. So what are some things that you guys learned once you kind of started in the hop industry? Yeah, so you're, you're definitely right that uh, they, they can be somewhat finicky in particular uh, on certain geographies. The, the, the thing, the learning side, I guess, for me was more that, um, you know, in my mind, we're growing a crop, we can grow anything. Uh, the interesting part about hops is we may not be in the complete ideal area, but what we do have going is uh, latitude, right? So hops are very much uh, based around light. They need a lot of light for their growing season and their growing pattern. Just so happens that where uh, Northern Illinois lines up, we are right on uh, the right area of latitude that receives a bunch of sunlight during the growing season. Um, interestingly enough, it kind of lines up the same latitude with where, uh, like 98% of the hops in the United States are grown uh, in Oregon. We do have some issues that they do not, such as the fantastic Illinois humidity that we uh, experience from time to time in the summers. And also uh, this year in particular, uh, heavy rain from time to time, which uh, can be timed well or not well. But either way, the, the biggest issue was the whole sunlight thing, which we have lots of. So that that's definitely a positive. And uh, again, is is one of the the particular things that are extremely important when you're trying to grow hops. All right. So you guys mentioned that y'all have done some home brewing in the past. 
Yeah, I I have. Uh, Brian has not been exposed to home brewing, but uh, you know, I keep saying uh, we need to need to change that um, on, a, <laughs> on a on a pretty significant scale. So uh, that's that's my little side pet project that we need to get them get them involved. Because uh, tr- I guess Trevor, have you done any home brewing at all? Yeah, I have. So my wife bought me a little kit for Christmas, and so we tried it. We had a little beer party a few months ago, and I was like, all right, we need to make some home-brewed beer for this party. And so we did it. The instructions weren't super-duper clear, and apparently, <laughs> and I, I Googled this, and apparently it's a thing, but we had a beer bomb. And so I used some of those old glass bottles that have, like, the flip cap on them, and we yep. made about four bottles, and we put it in our liquor cabinet, and it came home while they were fermenting, I opened it and was like, why is there a giant shard of glass here? Wait a minute. There's three bottles. Where's the fourth bottle? And so apparently <laughs> one of the bottles wasn't done fermenting. And, of course, it blew up. Oh, it have yeah. Like that? yeah. Yeah. Um, one homebrew that I did with uh, some neighborhood buddies is actually, I think, one of the very first ones that I was ever a part of. Uh, put it in my buddy's uh, dining room area. And uh, he awoke to a volcano of uh, newly fermented beer. Uh, just, I mean, literally, it, it, it blew the top off of the fermenter and uh, was like volcanoing up into like the ceiling and all that. And as, as you can imagine, his wife was was thrilled at the sight of of uh, this this beer cano that was going on. So uh, <laughs> I think it sounds way cooler than it probably is if you're there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These instructions, I wasn't sure on what to do because it was the first time. So the next time will be a whole lot easier. But uh, you, I had to the I had to boil the grains and it didn't say whether to throw that water out or not. So I was just like, OK, I'll throw it out. And so we mixed it and we drank it and it, it wasn't bad. You could taste the alcohol, but more or less, it tasted like you took a little drop of beer and put it in a giant bottle of vodka, and that's what it tasted like. Like the, <laughs> the, the beer footprint was there, but it was mostly alcohol. So next not, time, it'll, not, we'll, we'll take our time doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the beauty of home brewing. I mean, not not all of them are successful, and uh, you know, you you kind of learn as you go. You know, you learn you learn the do's and don'ts as you go, and um, it's been. It's been very interesting for us, you know. We've we've had the privilege of meeting a lot of, um, you know, commercial brewers um, that we're now selling our hops to, and we we have yet to meet a, a commercial brewer who didn't get their start home brewing. And uh, there, there's just this really kind of cool, um, you know, f- familial thing going on in in uh, in American beer right now, where you know everybody kind of accepts one another as, uh, you know, if, if you're a novice home brewer, um, but, uh, somebody who appreciates craft beer, that's cool. But if you're, you know, brewing beer at, uh, at founders or, you know, uh, you know, dogfish head or, or, or Boston beer company, you know, you're in the club too. So right. it, a lot it, of camaraderie for sure. Yep. Right. Yeah. It sounds like that. So let's kind of talk about hops a little bit. I know that with beer, there's four main ingredients. You got grain, yeast, water, and hops. So, I mean, tell us more about how important hops are and then how different varieties of hops can give different beers, different flavors. Yeah. So, um, I mean, hops essentially are, uh, the driver between all of your, your bitterness um, a lot of your flavor and all of your aroma in beer, uh, they, they are driving all of those things. So, um, hops have, um, a, 
uh, basically a component of hops is, is the lupulin glands, uh, which kind of take the form of a, a yellowy powder uh, that grow inside uh, the hop cone uh, or uh, hops are basically a flower. Um, so they, they grow inside the flower uh, when they get to kind of their, their peak ripeness. Um, and it's within that little yellow dust that all of those things happen and um, uh, happen for beer, you know, in, in the brewing process. So, uh, and, and the, the, the great part of it is, uh, so there is, you know, 150 plus different varieties and more coming online each year. Uh, and by variety, really what we're talking about is a, a flavor or an aroma or a specific profile that, uh, you know, some of them are similar and some are extremely different in the flavors uh, that you'll get. And thus the giant amount of flavors and aromas you get in craft beer. You know, that's why there are so many different beers out there is because they're using these different uh, combinations of flavors and aromas coming from the lupulin and the hops. And that's really where you're getting uh, this, this craft beer boom to, you know, everybody wants to do something different. Uh, what's the newest flavor we can create? What's the, the newest uh, taste or, or feel on your palate? And, you know, uh, the, don't get me wrong, the entire process of brewing uh, has to come together correctly to have a quality beer. But at the end of the day, the flavor and the aroma is, is definitely coming from the hops. Yep. Yeah. So within those lupulin glands, um, within the lupulin powder um, is all of hops's um, bit, bitterness, which comes from alpha and beta acids. And then there is um, oils. And there's a lot of kind of emerging research that's happening uh, on, on oil compounds and hops. And uh, we've started to kind of <laughs> educate ourselves, uh, at least at a macro level, on what some of those oil compounds will do. Um, but really, I mean, it's like I say, it's, it's, it's emerging research. It's um, stuff that's, that's coming out where you know, depending on the type of oil that you have present in, in the hops, it's going to give you a certain flavor and aroma profile, like, uh, you know, citrusy notes or like a, you know, more earthy note or a more floral note, what have you. So um, that's that's where the, the differences kind of come into play. Okay, okay. Now, I'm not a big fan of IPAs, Indian Pale Ales, but I know though they have like the highest hop flavor in any beer, right? Yeah, uh, they're definitely you know um, uh, one of the one of the hoppiest beers that that money can buy for sure, and and very very popular obviously. You know, the, I, I I would argue that the the American craft beer renaissance, as I call it, was was really kind of built around uh, the India Pale Ale. I mean, it was definitely one of the the major um, you know contributors to it. Gotcha. So walk us through y'all's process. I mean, what's it like now? You said you guys propagate your own, um, your hop plants or you get those from somebody. So walk us through that whole process. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, basically the way we got started is, um, you can, you can start growing hops in I guess two different fashions, really. Uh, at the end of the day, a hop plant, uh, comes from a rhizome or a root. Um, the plant constantly wants to expand uh, the area that it's at and multiply and grow, and it does that through the roots or the rhizomes. So uh, it's, it's very actually easy to do, but you can start growing from a rhizome or cut a part of a root off, replant it, and uh, you know it's, as long as it's a good healthy plant, it'll grow from that root. 
Um, so that's one way to expand or, or double the operation and whatnot. The other way is, which what we have done, is uh, kind of got in contact with a greenhouse or a hop propagator. So they have gone through the process and kind of, I would say, pre-screened the rhizomes. Uh, the plants that we started with were already grown in a greenhouse for a year. The good part about that is uh, it's a closed environment. They're going to weed out the ones that might have had some disease issues or things like that. Um, and they're going to make sure you get a female plant, which, side note, uh, all the hops that we're going to have are female plants. Um, you do not want a male plant to pollinate. Like we think of uh, a corn crop, you're going to pollinate things. We don't want that in hops. If the flower or the cone becomes pollinated, it really ruins uh, the, the flavor and the aroma and completely changes the chemistry of the plant. Uh, so anyway, so we started with uh, these, these baby plants that are about a year old from the greenhouse, and then we brought them to our yard and, and started from that point. You know, year one was us learning, but really establishing the, the root system of the plant and getting it to grow. And then uh, year two and three, which really the third year is, is kind of when the hop plant starts to reach uh, or begin to reach uh, more full maturity. You know, your first year of growth, really, you're not going to quite get the numbers uh, in terms of the acid, uh, acid and oil values that you're looking for. But as the plant ages and grows older and matures more, uh, you're really going to see it come into uh, full, I guess, max yield. And your numbers are going to be more in line with what you're targeting uh, for oils and acids. And thus, that's really what the brewers are looking for. You know, they want to understand and know what they're getting ahead of time in terms of a quality hop. And that's really what we're trying to focus on is make sure our plants in our yard are the quality that uh, is expected, the flavor profile that is expected, um, and sometimes something new uh, that these guys are looking for. Okay. Now, you guys touched base a little bit on where whenever we were having our first few conversations is that you guys have kind of transitioned to a spot market instead of like signing traditional contracts. So how did that kind of come around and how has that impacted your business model? Yeah. So, you know, we we kind of started by saying, you know, we're th this is an experiment. You know, we we want to we want to prove to ourselves that northern Illinois can grow you know, something other than corn, soybeans, or winter wheat, right? Um, so, you know, we, we, we put a certain amount of investment kind of on the table and said, okay, this is, this is going to be, you know, what we're, what we're willing to risk on a small scale. Um, and we, you know, we, we certainly worked on, on the, you know, growing side of things. Uh, we worked on our sales and marketing end of things. We, we developed some relationships with uh, some local brewers around here. Um, we're kind of positioned in between uh, what's known as the Quad Cities, uh, which are you know four cities in Illinois and Iowa, uh, Rockford, uh, north of us, Chicago, uh, to the east of us, and Peoria to the south of us. So we, we've kind of got a lot of like uh, craft brewery action going on all around us, and we've tried to develop those relationships. Um, and what we found in developing those relationships is that, you know, back in, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, there was, there was a bit of a hop shortage. So breweries were in a, in a position where um, they, were, they were signing these contracts that were very sort of positive for the growers, but weren't necessarily conducive to the breweries themselves. They were signing five-year contracts 
They of, had inflated prices because at, of the shortage of the market at the time. Right. And 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 basically agreeing to taking, um, you know, in some cases, hop hop stocks that they they may need or they may not need, you know, for for the benefit of of getting their hops in the here and now. Um, supply and demand has shifted a little bit more um, to where there there isn't this shortage that's going on right now. So brewers are in a lot, um, I guess, more hesitant position to to sign as aggressive of contracts as they were back uh, in, as I said, like the 2012 2014 uh, timeframe. So what what we found in working with our brewers is is they they appreciate the flexibility, you know, and we we talk. You know very closely with them and we explain that you know as as it is in their brew house you know buying you know fermenters and and bright tanks and all the plumbing um you know it's 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 very very capital intensive for us in the same way to uh establish even an acre of hops so we try to um you know be flexible in that way but there's also a point in time in our business model where um, if we're going to, you know, really, really expand, you know, we got to have we got to have pen to paper. We got to have more than just kind of a soft commitment. But up until this point, we've been able to to work mostly on on soft commitments. Do you guys have a lot of home brewers come in and get some of your hops? We have actually done a fair amount of selling to, to home brewers. Um, we're uh, very present at um, some local craft beer festivals. Uh, we get to talk to a lot of home brewers at those. Uh, always appreciate those conversations. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, um, home brewing is is really kind of the backbone of um, the American craft beer movement. Um, you know, people that are really enthusiastic about beer are just constantly experimenting with it, trying new things, you know, are willing to take uh, big risks, which, you know, sometimes lead to big rewards and, and, and great results. Um so we 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 do um, keep keep home brewers very much in mind, um, and uh, have really appreciated uh, you know our interactions with them to this point. Gotcha, that's really cool. Um, now in Illinois, I guess well for Illinois and the, the United States as a whole, what's the whole hop industry like? Like, what's the status of it? Has I'm assuming it's grown the past couple of years because of home brewers and and kind of the popular rise of craft beers. So what's the industry looking like right now? So one of the interesting things about that, and Anthony uh, touched on it briefly, but uh, if you go back again, probably about four or five, six years ago, uh, there was a tremendous shortage. And this was uh, in part due to this huge boom in craft beer. Um, you know, I, I think we see that in, in all facets of, of the, the, the food experience right now with the U.S. buyer, right? We all want to find something different. Uh, we like the idea of local. We like the idea of this, this brewery's down the street from me, you know, that, and, and it's fantastic. Uh, and we should like that. But what happened when that boom uh, began is the, the craft beer industry exploded at, at a huge pace and, quite frankly, outpaced the hop market as a commodity. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it takes a few years to turn uh, an acre into a productive hop acre. You can't just, uh, as in the typical corn and soybean markets, plant it in the spring and harvest it in the fall. i got to plant it this year, and two years from now, three years from now, I'm going to have something to sell. Uh, so, the boom happened, and there was a shortage for a couple years, but the industry and the hop farmer, uh, wherever they are, as most farmers are good at, when they gear up and get ready to go, they go hard. 
And uh, at the time, the price was good. So uh, the especially in the Pacific Northwest, these guys added uh, a tremendous amount of acres into production. So it took a couple years for that production to hit the market. Uh, and today it has. So now we're seeing, uh, you know, there is not a shortage as an issue. The good news is there is a huge demand from the craft brew uh, industry and the beer industry in general. But it's a little bit different marketplace today uh, in compared to what it was, you know, three, four, five years ago. In fact, uh, last year, so this would be the fall of 2000, and I'm going to go two years back, fall of 2017, the USDA tracks hop production as it does with all commodities. And I believe we were up something like 15%, uh, which is, again, massive, a huge increase. And then this past year, uh, again, more productive acres coming online. The hop industry in the fall of 2018 increased another 20%. And that's U.S. total. And that's U.S. total. Yep. So put that in perspective. In two two years, things increased almost 35% of production. Um, so, so again, it's a totally different marketplace. But the, the interesting part is there is a uh, bulk, I guess for lack of a better term, bulk commodity hop, right? That's, that's what we can all get and expect online or from the large producers. Uh, but at the same time, there's kind of these niche specialty markets where um, you can find a hop grown in Illinois that might be the same variety as one grown in the Pacific Northwest. But due to our growing conditions, our climate, uh, the soils, lots of different things, it might actually have a different flavor or a different aroma or a different taste completely. So while we're in the same industry, uh, different geographies are taking on different characteristics, which is, is really exciting, uh, again, especially from our standpoint. But, you know, we've experienced this with some brewers that are really good partners with us. And, and it's exciting to hear them say, you know, um, one, we're, we're pleased with your product, but two, this was totally different than what we're used to. And it's exciting for them. You know, these guys want to do something different all the time. So uh, our hope is that we can be part of that and, and have something that is totally different from, you know, the, the run of the mill commodity that they've been used to in the past. Yep. But Trevor, in, in Illinois specifically, um, we we tend to be a, a little bit behind the eight ball in, in terms of, of jumping into things uh, with, with, with specialty ag, I would say, in, in general. Um, you know, cause we're, we're such a big, you know, corn and soybean area up, up where we're at, you know, I mean, that's, that's what people are used to. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been productive around here for a really long time, but, uh, Michigan, um, you know, right, right to the North of us. I mean, they just, I think within the last like couple years surpassed New York as the number four producing, uh, hop state in the United States. So um, only only behind the Pacific Northwest states that we were getting into earlier, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, um, and then and then Michigan for, for hop production. So um, while we're not seeing that kind of growth in, in Illinois, I would say that in, in generally here in the Midwest, um, there, there is, has been a shift towards um, more hop production on, on a smaller scale. Cool. I'm glad the whole industry is growing as a whole, and that's great that you guys. I mean, your product is so is so unique, and so those brewers are like, oh, well, they've got something super unique, and we can make a really cool beer, and it, so it seems like a win win for all of you guys, which is really neat. You know, I I always kind of say it this way when when I when I travel somewhere, um, you know, I I want to I want to taste the local flavor, you know, like I'm I would be way more interested 
and, you know, going to your neck of the woods and, you know, getting a recommendation from you on, okay, like this, this is the taste of, of my hometown, as opposed to having something that, you know, I've, I've had a thousand times before. Right. Um, and I, Brian and I are, are big believers in that. You know, we, we think that, um, our area, like, like any other area around the world, you know, has something unique to offer. And, uh, and that, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve on, in a very small way. So looking, looking ahead, what are some big plans you guys have for Livewire Hops within the next five or 10 years or so? What are some things you'd like to accomplish and how would you like to see the brewery grow, or the, the hop business grow? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, very self-serving for, for us, <laughs> but we, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, you know, has, they're, they're a reason why they're the leaders, you know, they, they've done, they've done an incredible job. Uh, growing hops over over several decades, and and their quality is great, um, their their production is great, and and therefore they are like 97% of the overall market. Um, we would like to see uh, them continue to do well. Certainly, uh, we're not not here to uh, rain on their parade at all, but um, we would like to see, I guess, more um, of the you know take of just the the locally sourced. Um, you know, ingredients in beer, you know, I mean, that's, that's very self-serving for us. And our, our model is very much based on, you know, we're, we're going to grow with the local craft, uh, beer, you know, industry around us. So, uh, partnering with our brewers that, that are already our customers and, and some prospective customers around here, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna scale up as, as their, their demands require us to, um, so, so our dreams are really, you know, sort of connected to um, our, our our craft beer partners around us, you know, being willing to take to take on more uh, local hops and, and and being willing to experiment with something that really gives them something completely different and, and new that they uh, they they otherwise wouldn't have. Right. Uh, would you guys ever brew your own beer? Like a live wire beer or something. It's interesting you say that. So uh, we do our. It's 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 very, very interesting. It's very cool, I guess, for lack of a better term. But what we found is that uh, so as the brewers tend to have a lot of camaraderie, so do hop hop brewers, you know, locally around here because uh, it's it's not easy, and, and there's no perfect way to do it. So everybody's constantly sharing ideas and thoughts. But it's funny because your comment right there of hey. What if we grow the hop and rebrew the beer? That that's certainly been a thought for everybody, but I'm kind of here to tell you right now, both of those endeavors are very labor intensive and very specialized. And and dreaming of doing them both together, uh, I think is is probably that a dream. But uh, <laughs> the reality is, it, it, you got to take a lot of time and effort to be really good at one or the other. So you know maybe someday, but that would probably be down the road instead we would rather uh do our best to provide the quality and then give it to the real artists you know that are are making the beer and gosh if they're gonna make it i'm probably gonna go and try it there there are people out there that have done it and and we we tip our hats to them because as brian said they're both incredibly labor intensive but as we alluded to earlier they're both incredibly capital intensive as well i mean to get get a hop yard established is capital intensive to buy all your your necessary brewing equipment to, you know, produce beer in significant volume is capital intensive. So um, we're not, 
as focused on that, I would say like goal wise, you know, we want to continue to get as vertically integrated with our operation as we possibly can. You know, we're we're really wanting to um, at some point, you know, be able to do, you know, everything from start to finish within our growing season, you know, from, um, you know, we, we already do our own harvesting, but from from the point that we harvest all the way through, we're, we're packaging a product. Uh, we, we would we would like to continue to up our vertical integration in that. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, so I'll be sure to list out some of the beers that you guys, that different breweries use for y'all. I know it's like Perry Street, IPA, American Harry, American IPA, Mother Hen. So I'll be sure to list out some of those. But for people that might be listening that are in your area around Illinois, where are some good breweries that they can head to that are selling your product, your hops? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you you started to mention them. So um, Prairie Street uh, up in Rockford, um, awesome brewery, uh, just uh, just a beautiful space right along the Rock River up there. Um, so they're uh, you mentioned their their Prairie Street IPA, which is their their flagship product, uh, is brewed with our Illinois grown Cascades. Uh, just down the road from them. And, well, and so they have the Prairie Street IPA as well as the Nor'easter, which they just started brewing here with some hops we provided recently as well. So yep. that's one more there. And that, that the, the Nor'easter um, is very exciting in many ways because that is a hop that um, was introduced by our propagator up in Michigan. Uh, it's a proprietary variety uh, called Mackinac that uh, we are thinking about uh, bringing, bringing to Illinois. And the, uh, the, the results of, of that beer have been incredibly positive. I mean, it, it, it uh, gives off like a, a very like tropical fruit, uh, kind of taste and aroma to it, uh, like almost kind of like a mango guava right. kind of combination, um, which is really, really interesting. So, we're, you know, we're, we're thinking about uh, planting some of those next year. Um, Actually, this year, I should say, this this coming growing season. Um, and then we have, uh, so as far as other breweries go, we've got uh, Harry Cow in Byron, Illinois, uh, which is just down the road from Rockford. Uh, they That's the one that has the, the American Harry uh, American IPA. That one um, is just a very drinkable, you know, you think of IPA as something that's really, like you were saying earlier, Trevor, is like a hot bomb of a beer. Um, this one definitely has hop character to it, but, uh, I've talked to a lot of people that have tried it and the word that I hear the most used with that one is smooth. It's just incredibly smooth, very drinkable, very approachable that way. Uh, I really enjoy it, but I'm incredibly biased at the same time. Uh, and then we have, uh, Kenny farms distilling in Rochelle. Uh, they're, uh, going to be, uh, they already are a full blown distillery, but they're, they're working on, on their whiskey right now. And of course that takes time to, to age. Um, and they are currently serving, uh, vodka and beer right. and they introduced, uh, this, this beer called the mother hen, uh, which is a, a combination of, uh, hibiscus Correct. and our Illinois cascades. So that one is, is a very unique beer onto itself as well. And, uh, and, and quite delicious. So, uh, we've got kind of a, few different ones going on around our area right now. And um, we hope that there's certainly more in the future. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure the, the list will keep growing. And uh, if I'm ever up in Illinois around that area, I'll be sure to hit up one of those breweries and try to find y'all's beer. Absolutely. Um, well, so, we'll have to have you out at the yard sometime too, man. 
Hey, absolutely. I mean, you guys say you sell to home brewers, so next time I order or next time we do a home brew here, I'm going to have to order from you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if people want to learn more about you, what are, what are your social media outlets? What's your website? How can they find out more about Livewire Hops? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, we're we're on Facebook, so you can you can and and Instagram. So just check us out at uh, Livewire Hops. Uh, we're currently working on our website. Our website's uh, under construction at the moment, but uh, once that is launched here in the next couple months, uh, it's just LivewireHops.com. Sweet. Well, sounds pretty good. Um, well, Anthony, Brian, thank you guys so much for being on. Um, we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. All right. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate you having us on. Hey, everyone. We're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films. Download the app and watch and listen anywhere.